Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So we're going to start a new series today. I'm really excited about it. It's called uh, Why Worry? And then this doesn't happen a lot, but Thursday I was praying. I was actually kind of driving uh, and praying. I have to pray a lot when I go to Walmart because I get so frustrated. Uh, And so I was praying on the way back, pray forgiveness for my attitude and all that. Uh, And I was praying about the service Sunday and God really laid in my heart that I needed to switch up. We're talking about... so. I have a problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very transparent. I have a thinking problem. Anybody else have a thinking problem? Not that you're deficient in your thinking, but my thinking, I overthink. You ever do that? I overthink stuff to death, and then I worry about stuff. And God has been doing a work in me personally in this area. Um, we did a series several years ago about thinking about strongholds. Uh, it was based on some teaching by Craig Rochelle. And then also a book uh, by Joyce Meyer called The Battlefield of the Mind. And then a couple months ago, I was, there's a, a, a guy that I follow. He's a podcaster named John Acuff. He's also a, an author, writes great books. And so he had a book called Soundtracks about overthinking. So I actually pre-ordered it. I said, I need this book. So I pre-ordered it. So I got it and I read it. And God did some work in me on that. And then I was driving back from some meetings in Denver about a month ago, and you know, I was like, well, I could listen to music or I could listen to a book. And so I have a list of books I wanted to read. So I downloaded a book called The Energy Bus, and it's about thinking, about overthinking and about positive thinking. And I didn't really know that's what it was about. I just liked the title. So I listened to it on the way back, and it was about thinking. And I was like, God, you're doing, you're trying to tell me something. I'm really hard-headed, but I, I think I get it now. So I've been working on this. So as I was driving and praying and repenting of my attitude, uh, God really laid on my heart to talk about this again. So I'm going to talk about just today uh, about reframing our thoughts. And I don't know about you guys, but I know a lot of times I look for the best in other people. Does anybody else like that? I always try to look for the best. I try to look for the positive. I try to look for good things to say about people or to think about people. But when it comes to me, I always go to the negative, you know, if I, if I do, well, I messed that up. Oh, that person's mad at me. Oh, this is, you know, I, and I always overthink, and then I think the worst, and then I think the worst about me. And I don't know about any of you, but I always frame things in the negative. And so I want to talk today about how to reframe things in our lives because, you know, it's easy to say, well, I overthink. What do I always say? Well, just stop. You guys ever watch that old Bob Newhart skit where he's a psychiatrist and the lady comes in and it's like, I think about these things. He just said, well, stop it. $5, please. You know, I mean, that's, uh, here's your answer. Stop it. Uh, it. But it doesn't always work that way. We have to change the way that we think. And so, yeah, I was going to show the clip and I didn't have the copyright, right? So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Look at what Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. This is in the New Living Translation. A real quick note. At General Council this year, they released the Fire Bible, our Pentecostal study Bible, in the New Living Translation. Sorry, so I'm excited. Uh, I haven't got one yet. I couldn't find it yet, but I'm going to get one. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Paul says, we are human. Everyone in here is human. Everyone watching online is human, right? But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the what? Strongholds. Say that word with me. Strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a military position. It's a place where a person builds up a stronghold 
to defend positions. We get strongholds in our brains. We get wrong thoughts that get in our heads, and that becomes a stronghold. So we knock down strongholds of human reasoning, and we destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture these rebellious, what? Thoughts. These rebellious thoughts, and we teach them to obey Christ. We capture these rebellious thoughts. So, guys, what we see here is Paul says if we want to live differently, we have to learn to think differently. And this is not a look in the mirror every day and say, I'm beautiful, I'm popular. I'm not saying that kind of thing. You can do that. But I'm talking about changing the way that we think, reframing the way that we think about stuff, about things. So we have to realize there are things in our lives that we can control, right? We can control some things. Now, the first thing, obviously, we can't control what happens to us. We cannot control what happens. I can't control what happens to me. I can't control what happens to my family all the time. I can't control when things break down. I can't control if I get in a car accident. I can't control if my back goes bad. I can't control if I get cancer or whatever. I can't control those things. We live in a fallen world. There is sin out there in the world. There is sin in people. There is sin wanting to live in me, right? All of us have that sinful nature inside of us that, you know, if we have the choice between good and bad, our natural inclination is to go for the bad or to go for the wrong. We have that sinful nature, and other people do too, so stuff happens. Some of you have grown up in homes with horrible parents that did horrible things to you. We can't change that. Some of you have had spouses that have done things to you that have hurt you. You've had friends that have hurt you and said things about you and said things to you. You can't control that. But what we can control is how we respond to that. I can control how I respond to what happens. Now, what's the difference between reacting and responding? <laughs> responding is premeditated. Responding is intentional. If you call 911, you don't want the operator to react. Hey, my house is on fire. Oh, my goodness. No, you don't want that. <laughs> you want them to what? Respond. Okay, tell me your address. I'll get fire trucks in or out. Yeah. If the firemen get there and go, oh, this is bad. You, know, you don't want that. We think it sometimes, but we don't say it. You want someone who responds. So we respond. We think about it. Look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1. I want you to know. Now, let me give you some background here. Paul wanted to go to Rome. Paul wanted to share the gospel with Caesar. He wanted to get to Rome. This was an intentional thing. Paul said, I want to get there. Paul got there, but how did Paul get to Rome? <laughs> in chains, in prison. He said, I got here, but this is not how I wanted it. This is not how it was up here in my brain. So in reacting, he could have said, oh, man, this is not what I want. I didn't want to be in house arrest. I didn't want to have these big hairy Roman guards standing over me all the time. I wanted to be free to preach the word in, in churches and go into synagogues, and I wanted to do this. But look at what he said. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that what? Everything that's happened to me. What is everything? He had been beaten. He'd been shipwrecked on the way to Rome. He'd been bitten by a snake. People thought he was going to die. Everything that's happened to me here has helped spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guards, knows that I'm in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. What's Paul doing? He's reframing what had happened to him. 
He said, I didn't necessarily want this. I didn't necessarily want to be in prison in chains. I didn't necessarily want to get shipwrecked on the way here and have this drug out. But everything that's happened has happened for the good. In this book that I read called Soundtracks by John Acuff, I'm not getting a commission or anything off this, but in this book, he has this thing he said. He said, you know, he had the same problem. I always overthink. I always look at things negatively. And so he said, I started saying, because of Romans chapter 8, Every time something happens, I say, things are always working out for the good for me. So when someone cuts them off in traffic, hey, I could have hit that person. I didn't. Things are working out for the good for me. And so he said his kids are kind of like rolled their eyes. He's got teenagers. So he says, hey, kids, you know why this happened? Yes, Dad, because everything's working out for the good for you. <laughs> right? So he says it over and over. He said, I had to get it in my brain because Paul says in Romans chapter 8, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. What things? all things. Paul is here saying, all these things that have happened to me have happened for a purpose. So we have to start reframing. I can't control what happens to me. I can't control that the person in front of me can't drive. I can't control that, you know, Walmart only has one real cashier. I can't control this. I can't control that, you know, my air conditioner breaks or I got a flat tire. I can't control those things, but I can reframe them and look at them from God's perspectives. I can reframe them so I stop overthinking everything. I can reframe them so I can stop allowing these strongholds in my brain. Because when we start thinking these negative thoughts over and over and over again, what happens? They become strongholds. If I start believing lies that the enemy tells me, they start becoming strongholds. So to change this, I have to change the way that I think. Craig Rochelle says, we always gravitate toward our most dominant thoughts. So if I'm constantly thinking I'll never get past this thing. I'll never get rid of this habit. I'll never have a healthy marriage. I'll never have a healthy family. I'll never find a spouse. I'll never have this. And I start thinking these things, what happens? I start acting on them. Some of you as kids were told you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be smart enough. You're never going to do it. So what happens? You start believing it. And then we start acting on it because we start believing it. So we have to reframe these things. So so how do we respond to difficulties? How do we respond to these things? Because, see, guys, sometimes we get this idea in our head that Christianity, that following Jesus is about me. It's not. It's about him, and it's about his purposes for my life. You know, when the Israelites came into the promised land, and they come to Jericho, and they see this huge city, and they're somehow I'm supposed to take this city. And so Joshua's out kind of praying, kind of walking, probably kicking rocks in frustration. You know, how am I going to do this? He sees the angel of the Lord standing there. He said, are you on our side or their side? And he said, what? Neither. He said, I'm commander of the Lord's armies. In other words, I'm here on God's side. And you can get on God's side or you can get on the other side, but I'm not taking sides. I'm here on his. So we have to understand that, guys, everything in our lives happens, and we can respond to that to get us to where God wants us. So how do we respond to difficulties? Well, first, we can thank God for what didn't happen. You know, when I get frustrated and I have a pity party because I got a flat tire in the interstate, what can I do? Lord, thank you that I didn't roll my vehicle when the tire went, right? Well, Lord, thank you that maybe you're protecting me from something ahead that could have happened. Well, Lord, thank you that I have a spare. <laughs> when we were going to Sturgis a couple years ago on a missions trip, our tire on the van blew. And so we pulled the spare down, and the spare's flat. And we thought, oh, are you kidding me? So I called AAA, and they said, well, you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. I said, well, yeah, I'm in Nebraska. And then they said, it's going to take a couple hours to get somebody there. So I tell the boys, well, let's camp out. And 
believe it or not, a farmer comes by and he whips around and he said, hey, do you guys need help? And I said, well, about all we need is an air compressor. Well, I have an air compressor. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. An air compressor mounted on his truck. So we said, Lord, thank you that it could have been hours that we were here. And then he had a friend that owned a tire shop and they worked us in. They were way backed up. They moved us in and got us out on the road. God, thank you. That could have been a lot worse. Thank you. So we thank God for what didn't happen. We can see that God's working. Rex could have been worse. The diagnosis could have been worse. I didn't get a raise, but I got a job, right? All these things. These parents got a letter from their college-age son in the mail. And the letter said, well, it's with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and mom. I've been finding real happiness with Stacy, and she's so nice, but I knew you wouldn't approve of her piercings and her tattoos and her motorcycle clothes and the fact that she's 20 years older than I am. Uh, Stacy said that we'll be really happy. She owns a little trailer out in the woods, and uh, she has a stack of firewood for the whole winter. We have a dream of having a lot more kids, and she'll eventually find a job when she gets off probation. So Stacy's opened my eyes to the fact that marijuana really doesn't hurt anybody. We'll be growing it ourselves and training with other people in the neighborhood for food and firewood. But don't worry, Dad, I'm 19. I know how to take care of myself. Someday we'll be back to visit, and you can get to know your many grandkids. P.S. Dad, none of that's true, but I did get a D in algebra. I just wanted you to know how bad things could have been. (laughs) So what was he doing? Reframing the conversation, right? It could have been this, but it's not. So the D's really not that bad. If you try that, do not credit me with that idea, okay? So we can thank God for what did happen. And here's the big thing, guys. If you get anything else today, we can pre-frame how we respond to events. What does that mean, pre-frame? I can decide ahead of time how I'm going to respond. Because I want to respond with thankfulness. I want to respond with faith. And many times, my natural mindset is what? Negative. Oh, poor me, this happened. Oh, I didn't want this to happen. Oh, I didn't want this to happen. And guys, we can decide ahead of time how we're going to react. And guys, when I was a youth pastor, Amy and I were youth pastors for eight years. I always told students, you have to pre-decide how you're going to react to situations. If you're alone with your boyfriend, you're alone with your girlfriend, you're going to decide ahead of time what you're not going to do and what you're going to allow yourself to do. If you're married, you decide ahead of time, no, I'm not going to be alone with someone of the opposite sex. I just, that's my, why do we predetermine? So we don't have to make a decision in the heat of the moment. If you train, if you play sports, you predecide how you're going to do that. How do you do it? By practicing. You get muscle memory so you don't have to think about it. If you're responders, emergency responders, first responders, they train and they train and they train and they train. Why? So when you get to the scene, you don't have to what? Think about it. You just do it. It becomes instinct. Same thing, guys. We can pre-frame how we're going to have things. I'm going to decide, Lord, I'm not going to believe the lies the enemy tries to tell me. I'm not going to believe the lies the world tells me. I'm not going to believe the things that have been told to me by my family or by my friends or by whatever. I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to pre-frame this. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to respond with thankfulness because I don't have to be that. And guys, there are some of you here, there are some of you watching online, you're changing your family tree. You may come from a line of abuse or a line of substance abuse or a line of this and that, and you're changing that. Some of you have said, you know, I come from divorce and divorce and divorce. We're not going to do that. We're going to reframe what we do. We're going to say this. So we don't have to receive these things. We can stop believing lies. We have to 
settled the idea of his lordship ahead of time. That's that word lordship. What does that mean? I'm going to say, Lord, my life is yours. So when you say something, I'm going to say, yeah, because it's what? It's yours. I'm going to say, I'm going to do things your way. I don't have to think about it. I'm just going to do it your way. I'm going to believe what you say. Craig Rochelle has this incredible illustration. He says, in sports, when we get into a pressure situation, what do teams a lot of times do? They start playing to not lose instead of playing to win. Playing to not lose is a whole lot different than playing to win. If you get in there and you start thinking about, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, what do you start doing? You do that. But if you start just thinking, I'm just going to play my game. I heard one of the football players come out of the scrimmage the other day, and he said, you know what? (laughs) He said, my parents weren't there to watch, so I was like, I'm just going to come to play football. And I had a great time because there was no pressure. (laughs) I was like, well, that's, that's a great way to think about it. He said, I'm just here to play football. I'm just here to do this. And so the same thing happens in our lives. We start trying not to lose a life instead of saying, you know what, Lord, I'm just going to give this to you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to preframe what I'm going to say. And then I'm going to be aware of God's goodness. We're going to be aware of God's goodness. We're going to start looking for his work in our lives. We're going to start looking for his work in our families. Because if I look for bad in the world, what am I going to find? Bad. If I look for negative all the time, I'm going to find negative. But if I start looking for God's hand at work in my life, if I start looking for God's hand at work in my family, if I start looking for God's hand at work in my school, I'm going to see that because I'm looking for it. Jeremiah 29, 13, you guys can quote this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All your heart. When you seek me wholeheartedly, you will find me. He says, if we're going after him, we will find it. So instead of interpreting what happens through my lens of negativity, I'm going to start looking at things through the lens of looking for God's goodness at work. Well, this bad thing happened, so God can't love me. Oh, this bad thing happened, so, you know, stuff. No. In other words, I could say, look, I'm looking for your hand at work in this. And guys, we know things like Matthew 28, 20, I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. We know Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid because what can mere people do to me? So how do we do this? How do we reframe these things? Well, we have to be careful of certain mindsets. So there are some mindsets we want to avoid. And guys, I've seen this over and over and over again in my years of following Jesus. I've seen this over and over again in my years of of being a pastor. People get into these mindsets. Mindsets like, I'll never be able to change. You ever heard people say that? I'll never be able to change. I'll never be able to have a good family. I'll never be able to have a good marriage. Well, not with that attitude, you won't. (laughs) So my parents used to say to me all the time, well, if you think that way, you won't. But what happens is this limits God's work in our lives. When I say, I'll never be able to do that, I'll never believe this, I'll never be able to do this, then I'm just saying, yeah, God can't do that. So in Genesis 13, we see Abraham and Lot. Abraham's going to the promised land, and and he was like, well, I just don't know if God will be able to do this. Remember when the angel came and said, you're going to have a kid, ha, 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 ha. He was limiting what God could do, right? So we have to say, Lord, I'm going to trust you and trust that you will do this in my life. I'll trust that you're able to do these things. 
You ever heard this one? Life's so hard, so I'm just going to quit trying. I'm just going to take whatever comes my way. You ever heard that one? Life's just too hard. What is that? That's giving up. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 6.9. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Philippians chapter 4. Again, Paul's saying this. On his way to Rome, on his way through all these things, he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. For I can do what? Everything through Christ who gives me strength. This is one of those verses we quote a lot. I can pass this driver's test. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can pass this physics final. I can make this interview. I can do this. And yeah, we can. Paul's also talking here about, I can change my life with God's help. I can change my family tree with God's help. I can make it through these hardships with his help because I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And the last one is giving in to the urge to complain. So many of us, myself included, it's so easy to complain, isn't it? It's so easy to get in this mindset of, oh, of course. You ever been working on your car? Of course this bolt's stuck. Why wouldn't it be? Well, of course I dropped this socket down into the motor. Why wouldn't I? Right? Of course. So we have to get past this urge to complain. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. Paul says, always be joyful. What is joy? Joy is not just happiness based on the circumstance. Hey, I didn't round this bolt off. Woohoo! No. Joy is I can go through everything because he's with me. Joy is I can be happy even in the hard times because he is with me. I can be joyful even when I feel bad. I can be joyful even when I don't want to be. He says, be joyful always. Never stop praying. Be thankful in what? All circumstances. All circumstances. That doesn't just mean in good circumstances. That means in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ. Paul says it right here. It is God's will for us to be thankful in every circumstance. What is that? That is pre-framing what I'm going to do. So I'm going to say when hardships come, and they will come, I'm going to be what? Thankful and joyful. I'm going to preframe, and guys, I do not have this down. Ask my wife. I do not have this figured out, but I'm working on it. And guys, I know many of you don't have this down. Many of you watching online, you don't have this down yet. But we can work on it. And guys, when we do this, when we're thankful in all circumstances, when we're joyful in all circumstances, when we never give up praying, you know what happens? We change the way we think. We stop believing lies. We start taking down strongholds of the enemy in our minds. And people notice. People notice when you're different. People at work notice when you're not giving up, when you're not complaining. People notice in your school, on your teams. People notice because we are what? We're different. We're different. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. If you're physically able and if you're willing, would you stand this morning? I know some of you had a late night. Standing helps you not fall asleep. 
We're going to pray this morning, and I'm going to ask a real simple question. If you're here and you say, you know what? I need to change my mindset. I need to change some mindsets. I need to stop always overthinking and always going to the negative, but I want to think differently. We're going to pray together. So, Father, I just lift up all of us in this room, and Lord, I thank you for your word that tells us that we know that you're working all things together for your purposes in our lives. That means the good times, and that means the bad times. That means when things are going great and when things are really in the toilet, Lord, you're still working. And God, I thank you for that, that you're always working things out for your good. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go the way we think it should. Because we always look at it from our perspective, but Lord, you look at it from an eternal perspective. And so Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning to change the way that we think. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and, and bow your heads and just get along with God this morning for a moment. And if you're here this morning, if you're watching online, you say, you know, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with Jesus like you're talking about. If I had to be real honest, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far from God. But I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to have a relationship with him. I want to have him with me like you talked about this morning. That's you. Would you slip your hand up right where we're at? We want to pray with you this morning. All right. We're going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask all of you to pray this with me. I'm going to ask all of you watching online to pray this with me. And if you pray this, this is just you simply talking to God and saying, you know what, I know I've made mistakes, but I'm asking you to forgive me. And this is the first step in an ongoing relationship with Jesus. So would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place, paying the debt that I couldn't pay. And I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Please come into my life. Help me to live for you every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says when we pray that prayer and we change the way that we live, he comes into our lives and makes us new. That's an awesome thing. If you prayed that prayer, would you talk to me or one of the people you see up here on the platform or my wife? We have a book we want to give you and we want to help you walk this thing out. Now, if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor, you're, you were talking to me today. I need to change the way I think. Would you slip your hand up? We're going to pray for you this morning. Father, I just pray for all these today who've raised their hands and all those online. And we need to change the way we think. Lord, we want to take down strongholds in our minds. We want to pre-frame the way we look at situations. Lord, we want to think like you. We want to see things through your point of view, not ours. Help us to not always go to the negative, but to look at things the way you want us to. Father, help us to see things through a Jesus perspective and not our own. Lord, would you help us with that today in Jesus' name? Amen. We're going to close with the song here this morning. If you want to come up and pray, if you have a need, come up to the front. Someone will you here. If you just want to come and spend some time with God, you can do that as well. I invite you to take some time with God while we sing this last song.